Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Jillian. How are you doing today? I'm good. Oh, well, tell me more. Well, you expect like, I don't know, but hey, first of all, I've been using this new face thing. Uh-huh. I can tell can the difference. <laughs> I can tell. Can you, you, glow? you are glowing. Yeah. And I'm getting a little bit more Shimmery, sleep. actually. Getting a little bit more sleep. Yes. And it's been a little nicer to get out for a walk. So mm-hmm. that always does a good thing for me. Yeah. Like, I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah, me too. Healthy self-care, man. Truly. Yeah. And I've got a little update for you. Okay. On We love science. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, we talk about resilience. I'm going to give you a little bit of resilience from nature. Does that sound good? Uh, perfect. Go. So scientists have been studying muscles, and I know you love muscles. <laughs> because I got none? <laughs> no, the muscles you eat. Oh. <laughs> Those ones. <laughs> You put lemon on and okay, white so wine sauce. I thought you are talking about my scrawny little no, legs here. I'm talking about the ones you eat. Okay. Anyway, we do digress. <laughs> um, anyway, you know, scientists have been studying how the ocean's getting warmer. And what's happening is with the ocean getting warmer, there is an increased ocean acidification. Okay. You did not know this. Now you know uh, it. Uh, yeah. And that has an impact on the shells of mussels. Ah. And do you know that muscles are adapting to this changing sea construction by creating a different kind of shell for themselves. Oh, that is so cool. Isn't that interesting? So nature has this way of adapting and Mm. becoming resilient, Mm -hmm. right, in order to continue. Mm -hmm. And it's just cool the way science shows us Mm -hmm. these things that are happening that we don't necessarily see unless we look for them. Right. So that's just my little insight for you today. Coming out of the University of California, Elizabeth Bullard, a PhD candidate who's studying muscles. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a fascinating thing to study. I think so. But uh, I love the analogy that we could go down that road for I sure. Know. And we are, um, as always, talking about resilience. Yes. Um, uh, we're just about to head into a, th- a three-part series uh, that I think, it, like, listen to them all. It's going to be so important. Uh, I think what we're doing with this three part is capturing kind of what our podcast is about. True. Which we're living our podcast. It's kind of, exactly. It's kind of like what we're about. Yeah. And um, so we obviously refer to that all the time, but I think pulling it together in this way where we can kind of talk through it at a deeper level is important. And the whole idea is about living the examined life. And um, that's not my term, by the way. Um, It came from Socrates. So obviously it's something that people have been talking about for for a long time. But it's a whole thing about, we've talked about, internal locus of control. And I don't have control over lots of stuff happening around me, but I do have over myself. And But if I want to manage myself, but I'm unaware of what's happening to me and I'm not tracking or I'm thinking incorrectly about what's going on, well, then I'm not going to actually be able to grow or be resilient or to show up as my true self. You know, and some people would think that this could be navel gazing or a very self-centered approach to life. 
Uh, it's not. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. So if you're a high-performance athlete or let's say you're a concert pianist, mm-hmm. you're constantly examining all the aspects that go into your performance. Right. Your nutrition, yep. your rest, mm-hmm. your um, stretch times, how you're pushing yourself, but how you're also resting, how you're listening to criticism, mm-hmm. right, and critique. Yes. How you're absorbing that and turning it into a positive mm-hmm. by listening mm-hmm. and then making course corrections. So if you can do that in an area of your life, like an athletic performance or a concert performance, how much more is your life worthy of doing this oh, from a yes. living performance? Preach it. Yes. Right? Yes. From a being in the world, in your family, in your relationships, in your workplace, in your community, mm-hmm. how much more is an examined life important yes. in order for us to grow? Yeah, that's an amazing analogy. And uh, like... I want to be a high performing me. And me I don't mean that performancey way, but like okay, so one thing I would say as sort of the the underlying belief that I have um is that um you know, God has created all of us very uniquely. Like there's no one on the face of the planet, past, present, or future that will ever be like you or me. Right. And he's intentional and purposeful in that. And uh part of this self-study and doesn't come from a selfish standpoint, but as I get to know me better, I actually get to know God better. And I like if I can also, before those of you are kind of going running away from this podcast, going like, what the heck is she saying? I'm not saying we're God. And I'm I'm just saying that we get the privilege to reflect a unique aspect of God. God is so immense. He has so many layers to him that we will spend eternity discovering them. Right. But each of us gets to re- represent some aspect of God. And as we show up as our true self, we get to reflect his glory in the way that only we can. You are preaching. To, and, you're preaching now. That's right. So like the work that we do, the inner work that we do to mine out the treasure that's there, but to also deal with the junk that interferes with the treasure from coming out, like like being able to polish the gold yeah. that's there. Sounds good. I don't think it's selfish. I think it's actually doing honor to how the Lord has created us. I've got a great quote. I'm just thinking of a quote. I can't get it right now. I'll look okay, it up while you, you're you talking. Okay, you do that. Yeah. But, but I think this whole idea of this curiosity. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like... Instead of looking at it from a navel-gazing perspective, and I'm using air quotes for that, looking at it, how am I actually designed? Mm -hmm. Like, to be curious about that. Right. To be curious about you as a person, uniquely designed and gifted and equipped. Yes. So the second thing I really believe, too, is that as we live out our our true self, we are actually... Uh, living out our purposes. We are living out our calling. A lot of times we think about our calling and purpose as out there, as actions that we have to achieve, as as ministries we have to run, as, as big, you know, scary goals that we have to achieve. And I'm not saying that that might not be part of it, but as I live out of my true self more and more, how I show up, in this world, how I interact with others, who I am, that already is ministry. So that in my conversation with that person I encounter at the grocery store, I'm already living out my calling if I'm living out my true self. And it kind of simplifies things because as I know myself, I know how I'm wired. I know what God is uh, moving me towards. I'm more sensitive to his Holy Spirit guiding me. I'm actually um, 
demonstrating the fruits of a life that is connected to God and connected to who he's made me to be. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Oh, I'm loving this topic already. Yeah. So uh, the other thing uh, I want to say too is that I think, you know, part of the challenge is our world, especially I would say our um, industrialized world is so focused on achievements and success that's external to us. And I think in the Christian world, we've fallen into that trap as well. So it becomes a lot about how many followers do I have on, you know, social media? How how many people come to my church? Um, Things that are external indications of our... Just metrics. That's all they are. They're just metrics. Yeah. And so then we fail to do the inner work. Well, when you look at research... Actually, our successes and failures are rarely based on how much we know, our skills, or what we put out externally. Right. It's almost always rooted in matters of our heart, in the inner stuff. So if we do the inner work, the fruits will come. Instead of trying to produce the fruit out of a performative, dutiful, this is what I must do, and we kind of work on like clearing out the way for the Holy Spirit to work in us yep. as we are wired to be, then the fruits will come. Yep. Um, so there's certainly not a shortage of knowledge out there. Nope. There's a, a click of a button. I can get information on anything. The 10 steps to becoming a more successful blah, blah, blah. But uh, that's just knowledge. Knowledge to be transformed to wisdom has to be lived out. There has to be action with it. There has to be action with it. But even wisdom is not enough because for wisdom to become transformation, it has to be lived out on an ongoing basis. And that's the hard work part. And that's going to take our lifetime. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's the part where when your words match your life. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. That's that's that integration that we want Mm -hmm. when what we say, what we value is acted out in our daily moment-to-moment living. Right. And the thing is, I have, uh, I think, pretty decent self-insight. But when I'm in a situation where I'm triggered or I'm having a very strong emotional reaction, I do lose objectivity. Oh, me too. And that insight is no longer being lived out because I go to my old strategies of reacting. And so, like, for me, transformation has to come that real time. I'm tracking with all of the the triggers, how I'm feeling, like the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then I choose better. So um, I'm just going to stop you there because really, when we give the therapeutic advice and the life coaching advice at the end of each of our podcast episodes, Mm -hmm. it's for that very reason, because Mm -hmm. you talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. It's what's happening real time with us. Yeah. Not when we sit back and we examine it from a distance, yeah. but when we're actually able in real time to live it. Right. And so when we give you the therapeutic tip and the life coaching tip, it's to practice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that like that concert pianist or that high performance athlete, the at the moment when it needs to happen, mm-hmm. it's already been practiced over and over and over again right? so that they can live it out in exactly. real time. Exactly. Exactly. It's not a one and done. And for us, the stakes are usually relational. Yes. It's the higher, they're higher stakes than just a medal or a perfect performance. Right. They're much higher than that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes. Yes. No, that is so true. Um, So, you know, again, like like we said, it's not a one and done. It's a lifelong journey of transformation and it requires a 
great degree of grace. <laughs> Man, do we ever need grace. Um, I was just listening to a sermon by uh, Bruxy Cavey, and he was talking about the original translation of the verse, um, forgive as you've been forgiven. And he says, if you look at the actual translation, it's actually grace as you've been graced. Wow. Right? So a little bit of a different... Different way of looking yes, at it. So exactly. it's broader than forgiveness. Yeah. It's grace is unmerited favor. That's it's right. not deserved. It's just given as a gift. Uh, and forgiveness is a piece of it. So we sure need a lot of grace because we're going to mess up big time. Yeah. But it's having the humility and the courage to accept uh, the truth of my flaws and how I've messed up and to grow from that. And, and it's the courage to keep diving in again and again. It's not like a one and done. No, it's not. Um, this is not, and you'll see that part of the reason why we never give you to take the 10 steps. This is not a, what I call tickety box thing where, okay, did that, did that, did that, did that, I'm done. I am fully evolved. I have been transformed. Hey, listen, if we could give you that, <laughs> our podcast would have been done in two episodes. Yeah. And not only that, we'd be like billionaires. Oh, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so this is definitely like, this is not a quick fix mentality that, um, you know, I've done it. I'm all aware. So let me move on and get on with the business of life. This is bringing that awareness into our life. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to remember that. Um, and the other thing too, with the grace is the, uh, uh, the awareness that it does require maturity. Like Jillian and I are of a certain age. And we made our share of mistakes. And continue to. And continue to. So for those of you who are younger and you're listening and you're thinking, oh, this is like gold and it's going to like, I'm going to be like, oh, have arrived. Or the opposite. How can I not be where they're at? And I want to be like them. And this is like, have patience with the journey. If you are teachable and you're willing to go to dark places, but also bring that out to the light and do it with courage, authenticity, and transparency with trusted people. I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're getting there. You know, I see a hunger in people who are younger than us mm -hmm. for that kind of living. Yeah. They want more authentic living. Mm -hmm. um, they have a different perception of success. Mm -hmm. And so I think that... Boy, I wish I was more ready for these conversations when I was in my 20s. Right. But no, I wasn't. You weren't. I mean, that's the thing. You beat yourself up. We've, we had this conversation, I what, know. a couple of weeks ago, like all the mistakes we've made. Clearly, I haven't learned from that. <laughs> <laughs> but we still, like, um, we regret it. And I would say, okay, this is going to sound also odd, but I think when people ask me, do you regret any decisions you've made? I have a hard time answering that straight up because I do regret it in that had I known better, I would have chosen differently. But I have grown so much through some of my worst mess ups that there's a part of me that doesn't regret that, if that makes sense. No, I understand that. I, and as I grow... I understand that more and more. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Romans eight twenty eight for those people who um, love Jesus, uh, I love what Paul says in there, uh, that God uses all things for good uh, in our lives as we, uh, for those of us who love him. And I, uh, that includes our mess ups. That's right. It includes our bad judgment, poor choices, stupid things that we do, foolishness and sin as well. 
and that he uses it for good. And I think he does use it to grow us. And he uses it for good if we're able to be teachable. Right. Um, right. Yes. And that that's uh, kind of leads me to... to um, thinking about how we've been taught uh, for many of us in the more conservative Christian circles that um, accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior is, you know, transformation. You know, old life is dead, new life has been born. And I think in that it seems like it's a Jesus did it and then that's it. And right. at the rest of our time is we just kind of try to survive until he takes us to glory. But I think that that's just the beginning. It's an essential part of transformation. But the transformation is the ongoing work that he does in our life as we submit or surrender to that work. You know, it's interesting because I've been thinking about, um, you know, Paul on the road to Damascus had this life-changing experience, right? Mm -hmm. Where he kind of meets Jesus and boom, his life is turned around. Mm -hmm. Huge. And often I've found myself praying, like, give me a Damascus Road experience for whatever I'm currently stuck in. Mm. Like, just fix me on yes, the road to Damascus. That's right. Well, I forget that Paul was turned blind. Yes. But later. For three years. Yeah. When you're reading Paul's journey, you know, he talks about this thorn in his flesh. Mm-hmm. And we never find out what the thorn yes, in his flesh that's was. That's right. But what we do know is that he was he lived with it, mm-hmm. and he was aware of it, mm-hmm. and he lived and grew in spite of it. Right. We don't know if it was guilt from the persecution. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it was a mental illness. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it was a physical ailment. We don't know the details. Right. But And I think we all kind of have a thorn in our flesh, mm-hmm. something that we grapple with. We'd like to have like boy, we'd like to have a one and done. Mm-hmm. Like, boom, we have mm-hmm. a Damascus Road experience and we're freed from that thing. Mm-hmm. And it does happen to some people, mm-hmm. but for many of us, it's a lifelong journey. Right. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, that's part of the reason why I love the Enneagram is because it it, it shows us uh, areas of our vulnerabilities or blind spots. Yes. And then it helps us to be aware of it and continue to grow and move forward with it. And uh, so like the thorn in the flesh could be, uh, for some people, it's a physical uh, ailment that you have to learn to live with. For others, it's uh, patterns of responses that are not helpful. Uh, For myself, uh, this whole, you know, challenge I've had, and we've talked about this before, the people pleasing. And for me, the control thing. Yes. uh, It is like... so hard. So I, I had a situation yesterday where uh, in a conversation I was having with uh, someone, I couldn't help but kind of go, what did I do wrong? And how can I make sure he's happy? And I went back into the whole people pleasing thing, which is just, ugh, ugh. it's like my pride, like somehow it's all up to me. I know. I know. I get you. Yeah. Right. So, um, uh, you know, with all of this, I have come to embrace is maybe a strong word. Certainly looking forward to it is not reality, but I've come. Would you say entertain? Accept, I think. Okay. I I have come to accept the hard stuff of life because I have been through, now that's part of the thing about being aged, is that I've been through enough times of seeing how God has redeemed my worst mess ups and also painful experiences I've had that haven't been of my choice that right. have happened to yeah. me, how he's used it 
to grow my faith. And it's not just like, oh, he's growing my character, so he's pruning me. And it's all that, like, he's really, like, my ability to experience his love and grace for me has only gotten deeper because uh, I'm like, God, you love me in all of this mess? Wow. Yeah. And so um, I think that because I've seen enough experiences where I've seen the good that's come out of some suffering in my life, um, I'm human. I can't say I embrace it or look forward to it, but I think I accept it and have almost a sense of anticipation. You know, we talked in a previous episode about this balance between vulnerability and resilience. Mm -hmm. And that's triggering that thought that you're able to hold this Yes, this is this suffering, mm-hmm. but I know on the other hand that this suffering I will get through and I will grow from and I will see the good in it on the other side. Right. And right now it's really hard and it's really crappy and I would wish that this was not here, mm-hmm. but I can cling to this hope on the other side mm-hmm. and I can balance the difficulty, the tension between the now and the then. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so great. And it actually uh, lines up really nicely with what I was going to introduce, the whole concept of integration. And often um, we think of integration as perfection. And frankly, this side of heaven, we're not going to achieve that. It actually is much deeper than that. Um, You know, we talk about the shadow self versus our, and we've talked about this in a previous episode, uh, ego self or shadow self. Um, So there's that. And then there's also our true self. Right. Well, integration isn't kicking our shadow self to the curb because remember, she served a really important function. She instilled Ken. She protected us. She um, uh, was strong for us when we couldn't. She gave us strategies to cope with some difficult situations in our upbringing. So she served a really important role for us. Um, And also, I would say, really, really important for people to grasp this, that she holds our needs. So if I am acting out of my shadow self and I can spend time enough with her to ask her, This is going to sound like I'm talking about I'm a dual person, but it helps sometimes to step back from that. Right. What is it that you actually need? Yeah. So in that um, situation I mentioned in a previous episode about the fight that I had with my husband, if I had been able to talk to my shadow self, who was showing up kind of critical, what is it that she actually needs? She needed a hug from her husband. She needed a a word of affirmation. That's what she needed. But the shadow came out and and didn't handle it well. Yeah. Um, So... Integration is actually being able to bring together my shadow self and all of her vulnerabilities and needs and dark side together with my true self. Wow. You know, it's a question that I get asked a lot in coaching when I'm coaching people with the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. because the level of integration is always a big question mark in there. And how how do I get from here to there? Yes. 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 And um, that that's the thing. It's like, it's not just about being perfect and never making a mistake. It's actually about being able to own it, be aware of it, and, and be able to uh, read beneath just the behaviors and have, having compassion for that. It's for me, it's what's the data? Yeah. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. What's the data? Mm-hmm. How is this shadow self 
How has she supported you? Mm -hmm. And how do you get to the place where you want to be? Right. Yes. Um, And, you know, the interesting thing about the word integrity, it actually comes from a root that means intact. So we think about integrity often as like being honest, you know, sticking with our word. And those are aspects of integrity, but it's about being intact. It's about being integral, whole and undivided, which does mean embracing our brokenness. And part of embracing our brokenness as uh, followers of Jesus Christ is recognizing our need for him and that it's not up to us. Like we can't fix ourselves and we can't fix all that is wrong, but he can. And as we bring that brokenness to him and we rely on him and we rest in him, that allows my true self to emerge more and more. So remember, true self doesn't mean perfect self. Right. That's not going to happen for nope. a while. But here is this um, beautiful quote that I read from a book uh, by Parker James, uh, sorry, Palmer, Parker James Palmer. And he says, take everything that's bright and beautiful in you and introduce it to your shadow side. Let your altruism meet your egotism, your generosity meet your greed, your joy meet your grief. Isn't that wow. beautiful? Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we come to embrace more and more of our true self, as we come to get to know her, we can, you know, risk being vulnerable and show up human and imperfect and messy, but also be wise and mature and strong and um, courageous. You know, it's interesting because when you're when you're speaking, I'm I'm thinking of so many people that I've met, mm-hmm. and it's through their brokenness. Yeah. And how they moved through it mm-hmm. and how they've got to the other side of it. Mm-hmm. That oh, it's beauty. I, I just lean into those stories yeah. because I'm like, that is the redemptive process. Yes, it's so And when true. you see it, it's yeah. just, it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. You can't help but be drawn to it. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, and that that's that person showing the glory of God through who they are and through their story. And in that case, it's not out of their perfection. It's out of how they've grappled with some real difficult situations. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so here's uh, the therapeutic exercise that I have for our listeners. And I think it's worth um, slowing down and giving yourself time to do this as, as long as you need to, because I think it's pretty critical. Um, I want you to write a letter to your shadow self. And... Um, I want you to make friends with her or him. Wow. So um, there's no sort of like, these are the five steps of doing it. So this is about getting to know who your shadow self is and recognizing that she played an integral part of your life. Being able to thank her or him for what um, they've done in your life and to then be able to say, but now I marry my true self. I want to be the one who is showing up more and more. Wow. So um, write this letter. Um, as you do this letter, I want you to reflect on times in your childhood where she showed up and thank her for what she did as she protected you against that bully or she... Um, so I'll give an example. Um, you know, uh, I grew up, um, people know my story, when my brother died when I was eight, um, I felt really alone to that. And in you know, retrospect, I can look back and say my parents were trying to cope the best they could. Yeah. Um, but my shadow self said, 
my goodness, I better be as good as possible so that I don't cause trouble to my family, but oh. also that bad things don't happen to me. It was just right. really, really twisted. And, and, and she helped me survive. So when I wrote a letter to my shadow self, and I've given her a name, to be honest, which I won't share here because it's very personal. Right. It was a nickname I had as a little girl. And um, I wrote her a letter to thank her for it, but then to say, um, I know you're still in my life and I know you still house my needs, but I actually, me, adult Mary, I'm going to take over now. Uh, I'm going to always invite you into conversations I have with Jesus because you have a perspective that's important for me to hear, but I'm not going to let you act out of those uh, behaviors that are no longer helpful or functional for me. Wow. So if, if listeners, you can do the same thing, that's just me sharing from how it worked for me. Uh, no guidelines other than write a letter to her or him, thank her, and then say, but going forward, I'm going to be the one who's going to take over. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to have to carve out time to do that. Yeah. Well. That's not a light exercise. No, it's sure. not. And I think if you take the time to do this work, uh, you know, you can listen to the next two episodes. They might help you give get some context. But I think you're going to come at what we say in the next uh, couple of episodes from a different perspective. And, you know, Mary, there have been times where I've, something has really, really impacted me and I have to absorb it. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes I've gone back and listened a few times, Yeah, whether it's a teaching or a podcast episode, maybe it's a book I'm reading and I've had to just put the book down mm-hmm. and just let it saturate me for a while before I do the stuff. Right. Because some of this is just so, it's so heavy, but it's also so necessary mm-hmm. that we need the space for it. Right. Yeah. So okay. if you're feeling like me right now, listener, it's mm-hmm. like, Wow. Mm-hmm. Give yourself the space for it. Yeah. There's no rush. Give yourself the space and grace. Yes. You can tell from what I said, I have learned to be very compassionate towards my shadow self. Yeah. I don't just try to suppress her because when I do that, she takes over. Yeah. She's pretty strong. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So thanks well, she for got you through this. She did. Ridiculously um, traumatic time in your life. She did. Yeah. She really did. My life coaching tip for this one would be, because we're always leveraging strength to strength, mm. I'd like you to look back on your life and maybe take a look at some of the things that you think were broken about you or messed up about you and see how you've been able to um, leverage that for others. Ah, love that. And this might actually help with the previous letter. You might want to flip the exercises, but um, like I've, I've learned from people Mm -hmm. who have been that much further along the road in their parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned from people who've been further along in their journey and I've listened to their stories Mm -hmm. and I've been able to garner um, hope, Mm -hmm. but also go, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So look back on your own life. I there have love been that. things that you've turned around. Yeah. You've been things that there is stuff that you've grown from. Oh yes. I believe um, that. And so write it down, like have the data mm-hmm. in your journal. Perfect. And yeah. then write out how you've grown from it mm-hmm. or how it has benefited someone else. Yeah. What is the good in it? Yes. Mine the gold. Yes. Yes. So it's really key to just keep all the data yeah. because you're going to need to refer to it from time to time yeah. in your life. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening well, in. Well, thank you, Mary. Yeah. That was rich. I yeah. mean, that was a really rich one. I know that I'll be listening to this episode a few times. Yeah. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.